I know who you are. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm, I mean, you're the most excellent CDC at the most excellent restaurant in the entire United States of America. So, what are you doing here, I guess? Making sandwiches. Welcome back into the kitchen corners. Uh, an old friend of the podcast, Brittany Brown, Brittany Cartoon Hall of Fame. Welcome back in. Thank you. And we've got a, a second time visitor, a new uh, person, uh, a new line chef. I'm just really trying hard to to use as many kitchen references as I can. But uh, second time <laughs> joining us again, Vic Kuligowski. Vic, what's up, nerd? Ooh, what's up, nerd? Good to be back. So happy. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about, I believe the show is on FX, but most people are probably watching it on Hulu, The Bear, starring the guy who should be opening, doing the opening day pitch for the Chicago White Sox for the next 15 years minimum, Jeremy Allen White, (laughs) and uh, a series of other people, Uh, but uh, yeah, specifically Lip from Shameless. People have been messaging me wondering when we're going to come out with this episode wondering if we're doing an episode on the bear because it's it's kind of all the rage it's one of these sleeper shows that continues to gain momentum foot traffic eyeballs and it's it's based in chicago of course that's why i say that the white Sox bit because it's 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 based in in an italian beef kitchen One of the really fun things we're going to talk about today is we, all three of us, have a friend that is on that show, Jose Cervantes. Yay! Ring the siren. Vic and I were in a show with Jose, uh, which was AD'd by Brittany. Um, and uh, that was back in 2019, May the Road Rise Up. And you know, we blew Jose off the stage, but Jose is featured as <laughs> Jose is featured as Angel, one of the one of the people at family dinner. One of the he's got he's always wearing a white socks lid. He's talking a little bit about Minnie Minoso, but we're gonna we're gonna talk a little. He's he's contractually not able to come talk to us, uh, not able to do any press, kind of in in lieu of uh, waiting for season two um, to the announcement and, and what role he'll play in that space. But anyway, I digress. We're here to talk about the bear. Well, let's just start with first impressions, general feelings, uh, and um, and how you guys uh, are, are receiving the show. So, Brittany, how are you feeling about the bear? You know, I so I at first I wasn't sure if I was going to watch it because I saw the trailer. I was ashamed. And you also are not a fan of Jose Cervantes. <laughs> not a fan <laughs> at all. No, I love him to death. Um, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to watch it because watching the trailer, I was a shameless watcher. Um, mm-hmm. And when I watched the trailer, it seemed like Jeremy was playing like a very similar character to that, you know, not that there's anything wrong. There are people who make entire careers off of doing the same thing all the time, but I was just like, oh, you know, I don't know, but I do have um, food service background and I was interested to, you know, kind of see how it all came together. And I am a really big Jeremy Allen White fan. I think he's incredible. He's a supremely talented actor. And if watching this show is any indication, his train, you know, 
ain't losing steam for some time because I thought he was fantastic in this. And he shows um, just how much range he has in taking a character that on paper has similar qualities to something he's done before, but is also executed in a very different way. He finds a way to differentiate between the two super well. Um, I, I love how he plays really well off of the other actors within the show. I think everybody, it's such an ensemble tight yeah cast and I think everybody does a really great job of playing off of each other um and I I had like such a blast with it also I'm sure we'll get to it but it also made me hella nervous um I mean episode seven especially oh I was I was biting my nails and I'm sure we'll get to it but whoo, yeah but, let's ooh. let's table episode seven because <laughs> it is the highlight of the season but we'll, we'll we'll get to that once we get through general impressions and uh in in, in feelings Vic how are you feeling about the bear me and you watched episode one together we were screaming at the screen what a nerd what a piece of shit when, when Jose came in for family dinner but how are you feeling buddy now that you've watched the whole thing well, first of all, I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm kind of on Britney's sentiment where I was like, I wasn't quite sure where to go with it. Like I watched the first episode with Bobby and I was just like, okay, this is cool. And we're there obviously supporting a friend. But then it was just like, after watching the entire series, Jeremy Allen White is now an honorary Chicagoan. Like yeah. I know he's not is from, he from here. But he's he, not from here? I didn't know. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. so. I, I don't believe so, but like kind of being the same thing with like Britney on Shameless, you're like, this is very close to lip, but the energy is very different at the same time. And working in the food industry, I think this is maybe the most accurate portrayal of what they call back of house on TV. Yeah, so yes, tell me more some... about that. You guys both yeah. both having service stuff. And, and so what what specifically is happening where you guys are going, oh, they nailed that. Like, oh, they know yeah. so they, they're wearing like gloves when there's certain things or take me through some of those moments it's even yeah it's even some some of the language too like it's like right when like sydney walks in and interviews for the first time you know um carmy looks at her resume he's like oh my gosh you were the cdc at blackbird this restaurant and that restaurant like they were hitting the lingo the physicality of how you move in that space very like on and at first i thought it was a little on the nose but as the series progresses you kind of get this feeling that it's actually less about the restaurant and more about the relationships and yeah. maybe i'm getting too ahead of a no it's okay there, but yeah well it definitely has that built-in family feel similar to and there will be people that draw a lot of comparisons to shameless because there's the chicago element there's like mm -hmm. a kind of the family element in the, a, a complicated family element to it it's 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 definitely not modern family right it's there's a lot of there's a lot of problems going on and and the one piece i think that didn't work in the season one was kind of the abby elliott relationship and and her husband yeah. I was yeah. like, uh, every anytime they kind of came in, I, I felt like we kind of took a dip. It's like, let's get back to the, the beef. But when you said it was a little too on the nose with the kitchen stuff, Vic, what did you mean by that? I mean, I thought it was like early on, like behind, corner, round, sharp. You know, it's like they, I think, I thought from like still currently working in the restaurant, I was like, okay, this is a little too much now. Like I see like okay. the setting that they're, that they're fitting it into. But at top, it felt like a little like on the nose. But once again, jumping ahead, when things start to get more intense throughout the season, I thought that felt more lived in, okay. I guess is my yeah. point. Yes. I, I feel like whenever I, you know, whenever I watch that, I think that, and, and, you know, I won't, you know, speak for whatever the writers were trying to convey, but I think it was very much trying to 
kind of layman kind of try to bring people into like uh, an industry that they may not have a lot of familiarity with. So really like kind of leaning really hard into the very big, like basic things like th that lingo. Um, and then feeling like it does become like more nuanced throughout the season. Like there's like a part where he's like out back drinking out of like a plastic soup container, which is like mm. so back of house. And, but I think it's also like such a small thing that like a lot of people wouldn't really notice unless they, you know, worked in a restaurant. And I think that like little Easter eggs like that will like people be like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like they, they, they hung out in a restaurant for at least a couple of weeks to figure out some of this shit. Exactly. Um, but like, yeah, they definitely, I think they do try to really layer it in heavy on so that they can kind of wean off of having to spoon feed that to you no theoretically intended. later in the <laughs> yeah later that. in the season and then going into you know subsequent seasons you know you know really not having to rely too heavily on those devices yeah it's really cool that they do they, they find creative ways to work it in where I, i've never spent any serious time in a restaurant i was a bar back when i was uh, in high school and basically just went and picked up bottles after people had, had drank their Bud Lights at a, at a restaurant but I it was like I never like had <laughs> the, the whole like family meal thing and how that ends up tying into lip saying fuck no the spaghetti on the the menu is is just takes too long to cook it, it doesn't make any sense for like what we're trying to do here I'm scrapping it and then he's getting in a fight with his cousin Richie and Richie's like, no, this is tradition. Like we're iconic. Like spaghetti's been on the menu the whole time. And then spaghetti ends up being a huge part of the finale. And that's mm -hmm. what he serves to mm -hmm. at family meal is the spaghetti. And, and you've got Jose out there with his with his White Sox hat and, he, and he's, mm -hmm. he's munching on the spaghetti. But it's it's that's him learning, you know, that really being a restaurant owner is about feeding people. And it's about kind of this, this family-esque, responsibility that we have in the community so I, I thought that the spaghetti and just the family scenes and like those things to, to, to bring something that's very specifically restaurant life and culture but weave it into the beats of the character's journey I thought was really nice yeah I agree I think what's fun to see about those is that you know in my food service industry we didn't have we didn't do anything like that um so I think that what's really cool is seeing that um you, getting to see those connections between those people, especially since familial complications is such a, like a baseline theme for the show, yeah. you know, with Carmi and his brother and the rest of his family, there's a lot of tension there. And I think that um, layering in those, those uh, family dinners with the, with the crew is so, so important in seeing how, you know, how Carmi's trying to adjust to, you know, especially being in a restaurant where like his brother, like repeatedly, like wouldn't let him work there, like was just like, no, no, you're not a part of this. And then for him to, you know, there and leave the restaurant to him. And now he's kind of trying to figure out how he fits into a place that he was never really allowed to be for any length of time. Um, I think that that's a really cool parallel that they tried to draw there with the, the tensions within his own family. I think the cool thing is because of like how I think kitchens work and how the relationships work in the show, that is really the only downtime you would ever get like in a shift is to sit down and to like actually like maybe like share a meal. As cliche as that sounds, I feel like um, everyone is just at each other's throats because the pressure is so high and because of like what Jeremy Allen White's character is doing to preserve his brother's legacy while mm -hmm. still like trying to express himself in some way those moments where someone can literally just have a seat and settle in 
is really gratifying to watch. You know what I mean? It is like yeah. yourself as a viewer having a nice warm meal to like kind of consume. There's a uh, sentimentality yeah. of, of food service that I think this show really understands. And, and you really have these clash of two systems, right? You've got the, we're iconic and that's kind of Richie's, Richie's point of view. And that's the hill he's going to die on where he's like, we've been doing it the same way. We all have our own processes. It's always worked even though it's not yeah, working, really. but, but yeah, and no. so he's got, they've got like the icon system and then mm-hmm. you've got Carmi who's coming in and he's obviously has this Michelin experience, by the way, Joel McHale stealing an episode with the like haunting scenes yeah. in New York. Like that was almost black mirror esque creepy the way mm-hmm. that Carmi's yeah. experience in New York was. And so it's it's so cool to see like those like bright white scenes clash with like the grit and the dirt of the Chicago Italian beef scene. But anyway, I, I think Joe McHale was awesome. It's just that 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 little New York like top chef uh, Gordon Ramsay asshole. But I, I get back to you've got those two systems right, and and really the glue that kind of brings those two systems together is Sydney. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we can try to transition off of, you know, just kind of the, the general themes and into some of these other performances, because Brittany, you were talking about how this is really an ensemble piece. Yeah. All, all Jose jokes aside, but uh, Io Edebire, I think I'm saying. Edebire, I think is. Nailed it, nailed it. But um, what, what did you think about her as Sydney? Are there any, some of the other uh, characters that you kind of wanted to talk about and highlight um, as a part of the ensemble. Yeah, I really enjoyed her performance a lot. I had uh, really only seen her or really just heard her because she um, recently uh, took over the role for Jenny Slate on Big Mouth. Um, Oh. Yeah, whenever they um, were like, we should really have a black uh, actor voicing this you know, black mm-hmm. character. And and she was also in some episodes of Dickinson, which I also watched, but it was really great getting to see her as like a much, uh, in a much bigger capacity live action in this show. I think she turns in a really fabulous performance. I think her and Jeremy Allen White have a lot of really great chemistry on screen. And I know that there are a lot of like people who are talking about is it, is it going to stay platonic? Is it going to be romantic? And mm. to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about that because I just thought that their dynamic together as two characters who ultimately want the same thing, but have very different ways of trying to approach it. Um, I, I just found that so scintillating to watch on, on screen together. I think they played off of each other so, so well. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to see how, um, you know, her role continues to, to expand. I also really liked um, Tina a lot. Oh, um, I yeah. Who that, has um, the clashes with Sydney? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think her name is Liza Colon Zayas, I believe. Um, Nailed it. And uh, I thought that she, she was great. I had never seen her before in anything. And I thought that she was fabulous. She had like a really great grit to her character. And so, and I really liked watching her with like, cause they kind of um, in some points during the season kind of like pair her off with different characters that like you see her interact with, you know, Richie a lot. And it's mm-hmm. really funny to see how they have like very much like there's kind of like a little bit of like a mother son kind of thing there because she's obviously been there for, for so long, but also like she'll tell you how it is and she'll kick your ass if you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like she's not, you know, going to stand for bullshit. And I really appreciated that. And then also, I'm so mad. I cannot remember his character's name right now, but um, the guy who makes the cakes. I yes. love him. Yeah. I love him. Marcus, I love him. 
Um, yeah, come on in, Vic. What do you think about Marcus? Yeah. Okay, no, I think Marcus is cool as a sub story that is going on throughout the kitchen. It's like, you know, you do have Sydney and Carmi kind of doing their own thing, kind of coming to like rise together, but then like he's on his own thing and it really broke my heart. And I'm going to jump ahead. I believe it was episode seven when he was showing Carmi the cake yeah. and he was just like so involved and it was like you saw the work and passion that was going mm -hmm. into something like that. That really stood out to me. And I thought that was a really interesting thing that could maybe stem off into season two, as well as towards the end, I was seeing, yes, okay, Carmi and Sydney are platonic, but I was also getting this kind of like thing between Sydney and Marcus. Yeah, I that's what I was more like. That's the direction I feel like we're, we're going in. Absolutely. And then obviously Oliver Platt because Uncle Jimmy's fucking helping. Oh, them yeah. Out, so. <laughs> well, Oliver Platt's interesting because he's a little bit of the antagonist in a different food service movie that I love, Chef. He's oh, the sure. he's the oh, he's he the food critic that mm -hmm. has the Twitter battle with John Favreau. Yeah. And so now he's back and he's this money man, and we know all the money ends up in, in the pasta sauce. But yeah, he's he's kind of this like the antagonist trying to buy the restaurant but not not like a mustache twisting antagonist no. like mm. it is still from a place of love and it's it's just like business and financially just makes sense for him yeah. and he's not trying to be this evil warden or anything and he's not benny from rent you know what no. i'm saying so it's like no not but it's, it's it's interesting kind of just like here's another food service movie and it's like oh oliver platt let's just tap him again yeah and also uh can i just say the the birthday party at his house and the kids accidentally get dosed with xanax and they're yeah. all like asleep on the lawn he's like yeah you know this is yeah this is actually pretty great so no, you're yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, no okay, yeah. yeah speaking of stress yeah the, the stress that's where his stress is manifested is is in the, in the kids um, so we've been tapping around this let's let's get into episode seven um which i think mm -hmm. is is the highlight and it's it's kind of i don't know if it was all done in in one take but it's edited together to give you the almost like a live theater feel the one track which which we're loving it's it's something that happens a lot more kind of post Birdman, where you could do these long tracking shots but the whole episode mm. seems to take place in real time and basically is 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 a meltdown and, and leading us up to kind of all that cathartic character growth that's going to happen at the end of the season in, in episode eight but what did you guys think because when when jose when we messaged him and we said hey we just watched episode yeah. one we're really enjoying it. Congratulations. We love you. I still think I'm, I'm, I'm I can blow you off the stage. And, and he <laughs> texted me back and he said, wait till episode seven. Like you guys have to, you guys have to uh, get to episode seven. I think you're really going to like it. So Vic, what did you think of episode seven? I love your thoughts as well, Brittany. Yeah, no, I just thought it was, I just thought it was so well put together. Like, I'm just thinking as like, as like the actor head, it's like, did they like go step by step and like rehearse this stuff and like we're under the impression of we are going to make this feel like because when you turn it on it's like 18 minutes this must be wrong but mm -hmm. it is the most effective 18 minutes of that show I feel like you could possibly get um to where it seems seamless yet chaotic at the same time like I had a heart attack when all those tickets came in yeah oh my right? god and, and there's so much going on and you're just like how could they let that happen so it's like in real time us as the viewer are going through the same steps that they are all feeling right there. So they, they did a really eloquent job at like setting that up for us. And 
I'm not quite sure if it was one take, but it was it was done so seamlessly that it was almost just like a well choreographed like dance. It felt like to mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? Especially the way the camera was swinging, the people were uh, communicating to one another, as well as like so many sub stories going on at the same time. I mean, I thought it was just it felt like you were in the kitchen, like it was immersive. Yeah, I would agree. I believe I I tried because I tried to read some articles after the fact. I believe it was in one take, and they oh, had to do so a lot of rehearsal, Incredible. a lot of walkthroughs to see like what was and what wasn't possible. The camera operator is a fucking star. Yeah, um, shout. yeah like shout out to whoever that was because it really it the, the craftsmanship in that um, was was truly remarkable. I think what was really what I what I liked so much about that episode is that you've kind of got parallel things happening where it's like all of the things that could be going wrong are going wrong and that's compounded with the knowledge that we have as the audience and what a couple of other characters have in the story which is that Carmi obviously has some sort of anxiety panic disorder um you know he was finding that he was like you know blacking out and coming to with like things on fire in his New York apartment and so you're 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 kind of seeing what happens when someone is pushed to like their absolute limit and when they don't know how to a ask for help and b um how to how to cope when they reach that because also i think that this is like truly pushing him to a new limit that he's never experienced before and when you don't know how to deal with that the only thing you know how to do is to lash out yeah. um, and it and it's really yeah. unfortunate when everybody is trying to everybody's trying to help and everybody else is also experience, experiencing anxiety of some level in this episode, um, but you're seeing it compound in so many different ways. And, you know, a lot of what he's done this season has been suffering in silence, which is not helpful for him, certainly, but also isn't helpful when you're the leader of a team. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I think that you're seeing, God, you're seeing like so many stories unfolding there. You know, you've got you, you've got Marcus who's like trying really hard to devote his time to something that he finds a lot of passion in. Um, and, you know, because of that, he's, you know, quote unquote, like, you know, neglected some of his other responsibility. Um, and all of these, it's like the butterfly effect. All of these little things add up to a huge explosion, um, you know, that that causes, um, you know, Sydney to be like, I... Yeah. I'm fucking out because also a lot of the, a lot of the season there have been like a lot of like microaggressions that have been you know yeah. transpiring and it's all building up to like you know she she came in wanting to learn from the best and it is very much like she's getting that don't meet your heroes kind of thing because it's like I admire so much about what you do and but this isn't how I want to be treated and this isn't how I want to deal with working in a place like this on a daily basis, like I can't. Um, and so I think you're finding all of these, all of these things coming to a head that have been brewing and I think well-crafted, you know, in, in the brewing of them throughout the season. And then once you let the lid off, there's no, there's no stopping the water from overflowing. So it's really mm-hmm. intriguing to watch. It's so, I don't know if, I don't know how this is gonna make me look or sound. There were moments in that episode though, where I felt like I was Carby. And when yeah. he comes up with the cake, 
mm-hmm. like, get the fuck out, get the fuck. Like, like guys, is, I almost said it the real time with him. He's like, are you really going to fucking do this with me right now? Like, we are melting down. You are so not self-aware or you are so not aware of this moment that you're going to come up to me with this fucking cake. Like, it just was such bad timing. <laughs> yes. it's like, yeah. But it's like, that. obviously it's the circumstance, right? But I was just like, get the fuck out of the way with your fucking, like, dude, you've totally blown, like, nobody is on task right now. I think the, the moment for me, like Vic's talking about the, the tickets and that is oh, definitely a, a crazy moment. Mm. The moment for me is when Sydney accidentally stabs Richie and yes. then he's just validated yeah. everything, all of our, because he's the captain of one system and her and Carmi are the captain of the other system. And, and it's it's kind of been working. And then he gets stabbed and he's like, well, that's it. See, your fucking system, you you guys are out of control now. And he, and he calls her out and he blames her directly. Richie does. He says, this is your fuck up you know, and it's uh, because, you know, she wanted to do the online service piece, but it's just, uh, it was like you said, the, the water overflowing or the, the, the lid popping off. And it's, it was, uh, it was incredibly stressful. And that's, it's to, for a show with, uh, with some themes of um, anxiety uh, and, and how that manifests itself in, in a, an incredibly stressful scenario that is a kitchen. I thought it was it just chef's kiss, no pun intended. Well done. Yeah, I also want to. I also want to put a pin in that I think that um, Sydney and Richie had a lot of really great stuff this season too. Um, I really enjoyed like their kind of antagonistic relationship, because you know, you know, Richie obviously thinks that he he knows everything about this business and he knows exactly how it should be run, and she's meeting him with uh, you know, I, we should be able to teach old dogs new tricks. Yeah, exactly. And, and and she doesn't take any of his shit either, which I really appreciate. So all of that culminating to like when she when she stabbed him, I thought that you know I I know a lot of people would be like that feels like out of like left field. Like how did we get here? And it's like no, I think in the atmosphere that we've put these two people in, it makes complete sense that <laughs> this is kind of where we got. And also it was you know it, it wasn't on purpose yeah. you know yeah. so they're it's like flying around the kitchen they're totally fucked and yeah it's just yeah it was just a. it was we don't even know whose fault it was even necessarily you have to go back and rewatch it but i think and it goes back to the point where richie just wants to have a good time i don't think he hates anybody for any other reason that they're getting in the way of his good time and mm-hmm. and kind of i think you know, you've got Marcus and Sydney who are really bought into the craft of food and the craft of their them developing as uh, culinary artists. And it's like, so you, it's, you constantly have the, the push and pull of those two ideologies. And, and I think I really do like Richie though. He's that type of character and, and he's uh, Ivan Moss. Bacharach is his name and he was also in a, a different Hulu show which was my other favorite show of the year which was The Dropout he's oh. the he's the guy he's the reporter that kind of blows yeah. the case uh, sure. blows the case up but yeah so he's I thought at first I was like this fucking guy and we're all on kind of team Carmi but I, I really ended up loving him in the show yeah. yeah, when he stopped, because um, I think a lot of times like he was hiding kind of behind like this, like very like tough guy Chicago facade. And not that it's all fake, but I think that there's like, because like he's like very, he's being very Scorsese in the show. It's like, fuck every other word. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> or yeah, dude. yeah, speaking yeah. of Chicago. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, dude, we, we get it. But I think that you also get a chance to like get to know a little bit of like what's underneath, which I'm also excited to hopefully explore 
further um, next season because I do find him to be like a very intriguing character. I'm interested to see what Mike's because clearly there's a lot of mental health issues going on with just mm-hmm. that family alone, but we're, we're talking a lot, but I think we're going to learn a lot more about Mike's mental health issues in yes. season two. We'll probably see more Barenthal, but I think that's, there's a lot happening. And then obviously like we're having a new restaurant come on because I, what we find out is that Mikey wanted him they always had this dream together to open up a new restaurant and leave that trauma and some of that toxicity from their family that that restaurant brought on in the past and so the only way to do that is to close the the restaurant and and reopen anew there's a lot that's going to happen and i don't think this is going to be like a 10 at 10 season like long thing i think this is probably going to be kind of a three season arc here uh each one kind of a different uh act in, in the story but yeah that, that'll be interesting to see as well yeah i'm thinking like for, for season two like i love i was even talking with Brittany. i was like you can like leave this show at a season one and be like boom it's very finite like cherry on top but then also then at the same time relationships develop but i also want to see how a kitchen how people start to get promoted within that restaurant you know mm. what i mean where it's like dishwashers become cooks cooks become the chefs and then is jeremy going to just is he going to be the same i want to know the style of service of that new restaurant so there are yeah. so many more questions yeah. that what if I'm it turns into the creepy sorry. joe McHale? no yeah, exactly or he's gonna or he's gonna dine in on the restaurant with him he's gonna stop in one day and he's gonna freak out yeah. which i which i do think that they kind of tried to to layer in because also if it if it's like if that's the way you learned it's hard for you to kind of realize that like that may not be the healthiest way to teach someone how to be under sure. with you and so i think that it's especially compounded with his anxiety i think that you have a very real uh chance of that happening if you aren't able to kind of you know spot the differences and be able to be like i don't want to be that that kind of leader um, right. Or he'll lean into it further. And I'm interested to see which, which you know, version we kind of go into that. But I, I'm also interested to see how the neighborhood takes to the new restaurant, because I think another yeah. theme of the show point. is obviously the, the, is it gentrification if you're wanting to better something or, you know, yeah. what, you know, kind of what plays into when you're trying to change something that's been lifelong in a neighborhood into something that is considered quote unquote, a little bit more like, higher brow but it's not because you're trying to change the neighborhood you're just trying to infuse something familiar with something new so i'm interested to see how that carries over too yeah and i'm also thinking about like the newfound joy that everyone has because you're reaching into this moment where people are like i would say are like at the turning points of their lives like within this story so like with the newfound joy with like everything that they like with like the money that they find in the jars and everything like i want to see how that passion drives them this time around where before Mm -hmm. it's like they had to do it like stakes no pun intended were very high right (laughs) i've been waiting to say that one all all podcasts by the way but like you know what i mean like i feel like there's like some newfound joy within everyone like everyone together at the end of this at the end of episode eight was just like it was like the first time i saw everyone like actually like enjoying being around each other or outwardly showing that so i can't wait to see that passion really kind of drive and like you know light a fire under them so that's what that's really exciting for me another pun we're blowing lighting fires steaks blowing the lid off (laughs) This was ripe with with, I, with fun. I do have like a, a, a question, which I think maybe Vicky may be the best person to answer sure. this, but I am intrigued as to, as for, as for someone who is from Kentucky and not here, 
how well do you think they nail Chicago in the show? Because I have read some reviews where people have talked about much like they had issues with some of Shameless because I mean, they filmed yeah. exteriors here, but they didn't okay. film interiors here. They had issues with how Chicago is portrayed and how realistic it is. Yeah, I, I can definitely expand on that. I think they did, a, I think the show is like, very Chicago. As, as if anyone was going to bash it, it was just like, oh, you would never take 290 that direction. It's like, really, at sure. the end of the day, I don't really care at those moments of it, if that makes sense. It goes mm -hmm. just, I think just like, uh, the com like, I think going off of what you were saying, but I mean, like the community feel of it is so Chicago to me. And I think that's what really is important. It's not about this like other stuff where it's like, I had someone who was just like, yeah, I would never get a shitty uh, you know, 773 tattoo, but I go, well, that leads into the story. Like, do you know how many like cooks have crappy tattoos from the past that like lead into like who they are now? I think it's actually right. I think it's right on. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, okay. I, I, oh, except maybe Richie's dialect. We can dig into that a little bit more. I thought yeah. that was a little. Yeah, I'm I kind of was like, I don't know where this dude's from. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, and I would say I love Richie's character, but I would say like really the only least Chicago thing about it was like him sounding like maybe he was a little too northeast for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's he did just, kind that of have a little bit of a Boston take. vibe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, the show's not, the show's less about Chicago. Yeah. With a capital O than like definitely shameless had a lot of just that was a huge part of it, it was like south side and south side bars and that was yeah. a, this is less yeah. of that so i'm not as worried about the authenticity it's also filmed in in covid so it's like you can only do so much like yeah with yeah. just what the what the vibe can be really i think there was probably some limitations there i'm probably also making excuses because my friends in the show and i also really liked it so i don't know i wasn't really <laughs> tr tracking that as much but how did you feel Brittany? Yeah, no, I think it's great for me for as someone who's like not from here, like I liked, you know, some of the references that I did get I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. I, I recognize that. And then there's some other things where it's like, I, I only briefly thought for a moment, like, Oh, I wonder, I, I should ask, you know, insert one of my many like friends who are from here you know, I should see what they thought about it. I never thought too much about it until like I started like reading some reviews and I was like, oh, well, it didn't bother me and I'm not from here. Now, granted, I don't know. I, like you said, I think the show is much more about like this, you know, familial dysfunction within this restaurant than it is about Chicago as a character. Whereas in shows like Shameless or other things, Chicago is a character and therefore yeah. you should treat it as yeah. such. And I don't think that it's as cut and dry here. So it didn't bother me at all. It, I would really yeah. just have fleeting moments of like, oh yeah, I wonder, yeah, it makes sense to me, but I wonder if that, you know, if that, if someone from Chicago feels the same and then I continue watching the episode and don't think about it again, which is, I think, um, you know, testament to like the power of the show itself. You know, I'm not sitting there pondering those questions till the end of time. Speaking of Chicago accuracy, this is a show about Italian beef sandwiches. I, I did get messaged directly from the Chicago Sports Bums, a, a podcast, a sports podcast that's had me on a few times, but uh, they were really interested in hearing our takes on some of our favorite Italian beef sandwich spots in Chicago. So do you guys have anything particularly you got Portillo's, you got Al's beef, we have Mr. Beef. Where are you guys going if you got 15 bucks in your pocket and you're looking for some delicious Italian beef? No, I'm just thinking, okay, there's a place that burned down back in my whole hometown called oh. Don's. 
Don's Hot Dogs. It's no longer around, but if it was, I'd go there. But right now, I would do Al's or Mr. Beef, but it's got to be hot and sweet peppers on top. No okay. cheese. Okay. And uh, dipped, not wet. Well, yes, wet, not dipped. Okay. Okay. So you wanted to go to a hot dog place in the suburbs first, but then you're going to eat. Then you said <laughs> Al's or Mr. Beef, which totally skated around my question but that's okay thank you thank you for the order at least Brittany anything any any particular that you have have you had an Italian beef is that just not your thing yeah so I don't I don't eat a ton of beef um so I've actually never had an Italian beef sandwich um I would be interested in trying one because I do like it I just don't really eat it that often so I would be interested in in giving a try so um Vic you're gonna have to you're going to have to walk me through the process my, my first time and uh, show me what to do. Yeah, there's probably yep. someone shaking their fist right now at the at the radio probably. going, this woman's never had an Italian Yeah, you're probably it's like, okay. get the fuck yeah. out of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I will say I am a, um, an Al's beef guy. I, I do enjoy Al's beef when my buddy, uh, well, when Matt Hayes, when Matt Hayes, uh, our, our podcast co-host here, typically, uh, when he comes into town, we always are walking around finding finding the closest Al's beef to, to, to get an Italian beef sandwich. I do love me some Portillo's. I don't know if that necessarily counts. I think when Food Wars from the Food Network came to Chicago, and that, that was like a, a little series they were doing at a time where they had just they had city food rivalries and they would have a, a voting competition. I, I do believe they did Al's Beef and Mr. Beef. And I do think that Al's Beef won. So uh, I'm an Al's Beef guy. Do love me some Portillo's though. Like if I'm blowing through town, I, I now live in Florida. So if, if I get back into town, I'm typically going to want to stop up at Portillo's and, and have a sampling of the menu. So that's, that's at least oh, yeah. a little bit of mine. I, I don't yeah, have that's... specifics in terms of, of what I'm putting on it, the, the pot and the sweet peppers or whatever. I'll just, you know, I'll hook it up and then I'll eat it. There you go. There you go, Atta baby. Boy. That's all you got to do. <laughs> so let's let's bring it home and, and, and just celebrate our friend, uh, Jose Cervantes, for a second. We love you, Jose. We're, we're proud of you. Uh, he did message me. Um, he was really excited to come on the podcast and then, Again, just with with the way that you know season twos work and re-upping contracts and things, he's not able to do any any publicity. And you know, we have so many listeners here. We are technically now publicity, Brittany. We're big timers. But um, he he was sharing with me just in in our communication, just how he when he was on set. This is his first kind of like major TV gig where he was like a, a reoccurring character on a series. But he was just kind of struck with with awe sometimes of like, holy shit, I get to make a TV show right now. And he was just really, he said, if I never get a chance to do this again, which he absolutely will. He was like, you know, I can, I can, you know, basically die a happy man saying that, that I got this opportunity. He said the cast was incredible to work with, uh, Jeremy Allen White and, and everybody, all the, all the season vets were uh, incredible to, to hang with and collaborate with. He, he learned a lot by just watching watching the the process every day i mean a lot of that ensemble piece they're in the space and at least you know some of some of the time they're just kind of scenic in providing atmosphere but that has a lot of opportunity to watch and shadow actors and so he he felt like the uh, experience was incredible and he's really excited to come talk to us uh, as soon as he's able vic have you talked to him personally about any of this i have and actually crazy enough i kid you not he was trying to call me right now i'm just saying it's very serendipitous um, yeah, he's, he needs ten dollars. But anyway, or, or he's asking to see if you—he's asking to see if you have any Red Bull in your fridge. Man drinks a lot of Red yeah, Bull. Yeah, that's anyway. 
he um no he was just he was just absolutely grateful i I think it's really cool that they like took like the first episode at mr beef and then like built like um an accurate set at cinespace uh, which was really fucking cool uh, also as well as that like he was telling me that jeremy allen white's performance was so so small and he was like okay this is really cool but then it like translates so so well to camera so that was a really cool thing to hear as an actor myself of not having to push like really putting out like a palpable like turn at a role and like you don't have to really not do much so i was really cool to hear from his perspective and i honestly can't wait for season two at this point and like you were saying bobby we support him we support the show and um i think it's great for the chicago community here for actors um and everything else here that's going on i think it is uh it's it's really it's really awesome we need so. more angel that's the one yes. thing teaching more need- about Teach him oh, more about White Sox baseball players. And, yes. you know, we, we just don't want to see him munching on a piece of spaghetti and going, what, what? I got to wear this apron? I want to I see him. I want to see some of his anxieties. He's got a ton of I'm, just used real life anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for him to become one of those characters where it's like in season one, it's kind of like um, Retta and Parks and Rec. Okay. Where, you know, she was, she was more bad. Yeah, she was like background, blah, blah, blah. But then as like the series progresses, it's like you wind up like, you want to know so much more because of how much an enigma the character is that you wind up getting them as like, full-fledged main cast and i i could see that trajectory for him he's such a talented actor and he's such a sweetheart i'm just yeah. oh, i'm so excited to see yeah. um how his role can expand my favorite thing was we, we would be right before call for an actual performance audiences are starting to filtrate in and, and jose would show up um just blow in the door last guy in the door two red bulls drink them immediately and a five-hour energy and he'd be like all right i'm ready to do the show <laughs> How do you have all that in your system and still perform? But he's, you know, it's he, he's his body understands the cocktail. So I, I wonder how many Red Bulls they had on set there. But uh, mm-hmm. we, I'm again, like you said, sweetheart, incredibly talented person, and, and looking looking forward to many more episodes. I don't think I don't think he needs to say, you know, I can I can fade off into the sunset. I've 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 fulfilled my dream of being on a show. I think he I think he's going to have many more opportunities. So. Yeah. Congratulations, buddy. We wish you were here. Uh, Vic's going to call you back in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, with that said, I'm hungry. It's dinner time. Let's let's go get ourselves a sandwich and uh, let's 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 be kind to our wait staff. You don't know what they're going through in in their life, so uh, you know. Uh, Want to make sure uh, you guys wash your hands, stay safe, like and subscribe. Brittany, thank you so much for coming back. Of course, always oh, a pleasure. Vic, mm-hmm. thanks for coming back, man. Dude, great to be on. You're like such a pro at this, and I love listening to your stuff all the time. Oh, and, stop. Uh, That'll be edited out. Hey, Clinton. <laughs> Audience, we love you. We'll see you soon. We'll see you down the road. Bye. 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 go drove to chicago all things known